0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Piringer. We want to learn about this great God of ours. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4, I'll be reading verses 25 through 31 here in just a little bit. You know, there's a story about a man who bought this new hunting dog and eager to see how his dog would perform. He took this dog out to go track a bear. Well, no sooner had they gone out into the woods when uh, this dog picked up the trail of a bear. And suddenly he stopped and sniffed the ground and he started heading in a different direction though because he had caught the scent of a deer that had crossed the bear's path. A few moments later, this dog halted again and started going another direction, this time smelling a rabbit who had crossed the path of the deer. Well, on and on, this whole thing went back and forth as the dog kept changing directions until finally the hunter was able to catch up with the dog only to find this dog barking triumphantly down the hole of a field mouse. Now, I find that story to be a good metaphor for Christians. We are like that hunting dog. Sure, we might start out hot on the trail of Christ, but then all of a sudden we get diverted by something in this world, something of lesser importance, and we pursue things that we ought not to pursue. We get off of the trail, and we wander from God. The term that we use for that is backsliding. One Christian author describes backsliding as a condition that results from spiritual apathy or disregard for the things of God. Or, another way you might want to put it by summary, it's when you are a part of God's covenant people, but you sure don't act like it backsliding is something that the people of God do when they turn their backs on God now this is very different say from a lost person a lost person who who I I liken to okay in the parable of the sower Jesus talks about a seed that falls on rocky soil but it doesn't have any root and so when sun comes and and the tribulation comes they they wither away well that's the lost person but a backslider is a Christian who has the roots but decides to forget who they truly are. Now in the passage that we're looking at today, Moses, he's retelling the law to this new generation of Israelites who are going to uh, go into the promised land, but he warned them of the dangers of backsliding. I mean, and honestly, what he says is very prophetic because it is exactly what would happen to these people several hundred years later. But thankfully, Moses also says that If you backslide, and if you suffer the consequences of backsliding, there is a way to come back home. And what I want to do today is to warn us against backsliding for those who aren't backsliding. But if you have backslidden, I want to give you hope. Because God wants you back. And so here is my premise for the day although a Christian may backslide from the Lord it is never too late and, and someone is never too far gone to return to fellowship in the presence of our great God if you are backslidden whether we would consider it you're backslidden far or backslidden maybe not so much guess what you can come back home and so i want to read deuteronomy 4 verses 25 through 31 if you'll stand in reverence to the reading of god's holy word as i read these pa- this passage when you father children and children's children and have grown old in the land if you act corruptly by making a carved image In the form of anything and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. You will not live long in it, but you will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods of wood and stone, the work of human hands, that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But if from there you will seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul, when you are in tribulation and all these things Come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Let's pray. God in heaven, I just pray that we all search our hearts today. We all might have a backsliding tendency, but Lord, for those who are backslidden, you welcome them back. And I pray, Lord, that all of us would run to you and be accepted in you, in Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There's several lessons that I want to touch upon about backsliding today, and I'm really going to put the AV team to the test today with all my various, various points. And if you take notes, just loosen up your wrist and get ready for what we got going on because there's several lessons we're going to go through them very quickly though that I want to touch upon and the first lesson that I want to talk about today is the path of backsliding. The path of backsliding when you read verse 25 it almost sounds like a progression of some sort. It reminds me of Psalm chapter 1 verse Psalm 1 verse 1 where you know there's kind of a progression there of you might call it that also a progression of backsliding you know You you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of of, of scoffers. You you, you walk, you stand, you sit. There's a progression. Well, in verse 25, there's a progression of backsliding. And uh, the first part of that progression I call destructive choices. Destructive choices. In verse 25, it warns against acting corruptly. Now, the word there, it speaks about destructive behavior that leads to your ruin don't do destructive behavior that leads to your ruin now we all probably have known someone who has taken up a habit that would take them down on this downward they'd take them on this downward spiral toward their ruin and it doesn't take a whole lot i mean you take a little bit uh you know you move a little bit away from god you move in one direction away from god i mean you start this process and it just kind of goes from there, or as the ESV translators put it, by your choices you have begun the process of corrupting yourself. And so you make this choice to turn away from that which is higher, the highest good, who's God Himself, so that you can pursue something that is so much lower. I mean, God in Christ is the highest good you could ever attain. I mean, there's nothing higher than God through Jesus Christ but then you turn away from him so you can chase things that are fleshly, that are worldly, that are base, that are defiled. It's this destructive choice that begins the progression. But after you corrupt yourself with this destructive behavior, there's the second step, if we want to call them steps, there's a second part of this path, and I call it idol creation idol creation in verse 25 it says that after acting corruptly you make a carved image in the form of anything now people in our day and age won't literally start carving stone or wood to make some sort of icon or image in order to worship but the concept is very real once you turn your back on the highest good Well, you know, you still have this sense, I need to follow something. I need to worship something. I need to obey something. And so what you then start following, what you start obeying, that's your idol. Whatever it is that you leave God for, whatever it is that you give all your devotion, whatever is the center of your attention, that is your idol. Now, there's different degrees of that. There's different degrees of Of backsliding, you know, when we use the word backsliding, you know, we get this picture in our mind, yeah, it's this guy who got into drugs, it's this alcoholic who's who's out in in the gutter. I mean, yeah, they may have backslidden, but you might be a high-functioning backslider where you maintain this form of religion, but you still have traded God for something else. You give your devotion to something else that is not God. That is your idol. Now, yes, in your backsliding, your God, your idol, might be pleasure. It might be hedonism. But maybe instead you exchange God for something as simple as sports, or entertainment, or leisure. Everyone's idols are different. But you know what? The path to backsliding is all the same. Did you know you could come to church every week and still be a backslider? Because your heart belongs to something else or someone else. Yeah, you might be here putting on the show because we're in the South and we're Baptists. So I'm, of course I'm supposed to go to church. But your heart belongs to another. And so you make destructive choices, and you make an idol. That leads kind of to the next part of the path, which is moral corruption. Moral corruption. In verse 25, Moses tells us the next step is to do what is evil in the sight of the Lord. When you backslide, and when God is not the center of your worship, and I'm talking about the God of, of the Bible. Because guess what? Your idol could be something that you call God. Oh yeah, I worship God, but your God does not reflect the God who revealed himself in Scripture. And so that's an idol. But when you are not centered on God as he has revealed himself, your ethics are going to be all sorts of messed up. You begin to redefine what God has said is right and wrong and you align your behavior with what you think is right and wrong. You you align your attitude, your thoughts, your words with your idol. You do evil in the sight of the Lord. Bad theology leads to corrupted morals. Like, for example, if you claim to be a Christian, but then you celebrate a man becoming a woman and meeting and winning a women's swim meet, that's unbiblical. You can't be right with God and hold on to something that the Bible says is wrong. Or as Isaiah puts it, When you start to call evil good and good evil, you you trade darkness for light and light for darkness. Bad ethics come from bad theology, it comes from your idol. So, do you recognize yourself on this path in any way? Maybe you've made some destructive choices and corrupted yourself, and it led to the creation of an idol. You may, you may call this idol God. You might even call this idol Christ, but they bear no resemblance to the God or Christ of Scripture. And so your morals are off. They are corrupted. You are backslidden. You are on this pathway. And you know what? If you're backslidden, it comes with problems. So that leads to my second major lesson from this passage. I call it the fallout from backsliding. The fallout from backsliding. There's consequences for backsliding. Just because you are one of God's people in Jesus Christ that does not shield you from the fallout of your choices. Somehow we think that, well, you know, I can do whatever it is that I feel like I want to do, and I'll just play the Christ card. Oh, I'm in Christ, I can do whatever I want. Well, no, there's consequences. Moses warns the Israelites about what would happen if they backslid, and guess what? We would face the same when we backslide. The first thing he mentions is is that we would suffer loss. We would suffer loss in verse 26. Moses warns that backslidden Israel would utterly perish from the land and would be destroyed. And and so for the Israelites turning against God would, would, would lead them to lose the land that they cherished so much. And this is exactly what happened in the Assyrian captivity for the Northern Kingdom the Babylonian captivity for the southern kingdom. And then, years later, when they denied their Messiah, when Rome destroyed Jerusalem. Well, those who turn their backs on Christ, we suffer loss as well. There's a loss of peace. Yeah, you know what? We, we try and deaden the peace with entertainment, alcohol, drugs, porn, distraction, whatever. But we still don't have peace. We suffer the loss of contentment. We might suffer the loss of influence or power. We might suffer the loss of relationships. We might suffer loss physically and mentally, emotionally, and spiritually because of our choices. Now, you might try and deny your suffering. You might try and put on a good show. But deep down, you are hollow. You are an empty shell because of the loss that you suffered from your backsliding. But not only do you suffer loss, next, there's a divided mentality. There's a divided mentality. In verse 27, Moses says that God would scatter the people and, and you know, the, the people would be just split up. They're, they're divided. And in a way, the soul of the backslider is scattered. When you backslide from God, there's this divide. There's this schism that is within you. You're being pulled in all sorts of different directions now if you're truly a christian deep down inside of your heart heart of hearts you know that you're doing wrong and you cannot find true pleasure in what it is that you're doing and yet in rebellion you shake your fist at god and say you know what i'm going to live my life this is my life i'm going to live it the way that i want and ain't nobody going to do anything about it not even god but god's spirit still haunts you And he will not allow you to find the pleasure that you are looking for. He will not allow you to find what you think you're looking for because you were meant for so much more. You say you want your rebellion, but you will not find peace. And still you dig in your heels and and say, I'm just going to do it. You're certain that, you know what, if I just keep going down this path, things will change. Things will change. I will find peace. I will find happiness. That's a divided mentality. You can't have it both ways. You can't be in rebellion against God and think that you are going to find the good and think that you're going to find shalom, peace. That's divided mentality. You can't have it both ways. Not only that, third, there's empty spirituality. Spirituality empty spirituality. In verse 28, Moses says that they would serve gods of wood and stone that can do absolutely nothing. I mean, they would go through this this empty ritual to try and reach this God who isn't a God, who's nothing but, let's face it, the idols of those days were nothing but glorified action figures. I mean, they built an action figure, really. And they're serving that. And you know, they're trying to reach this God. You know, if you ever have action figures or dolls, and you try talking to them, they don't talk back. I mean, unless you're in a horror movie, and then you really freak out. And if they do, but you know, normally on the norm, they don't talk back. Idols don't talk back. And so they would go through all these empty rituals to try and reach these gods who are not gods, leaving an emptiness in the spirit, having gone through this unfulfilling mystic experience. And, And Christian backsliders are going to do the same. You create this idol in your heart who you think will serve your every women fancy, and then you try and worship them like a god, but they can't hear you, they can't see you, they definitely can't help you, and you're just left going through these motions of spirituality. that that are going to get you nowhere. And so it's just hollow. It's empty. There's nothing there. Your idol cannot do anything for you. And so there's this empty spirituality. I'm going through the motions of worship of some sort, but it's not God. It's not who it should be. And so you see the fallout from being a backslider, the fallout from backsliding is dire. It's serious. It's hurtful. It's terrible. But you know what? That is not the last word on backsliding. Because Moses says something else. And so, this is the third major lesson of the day. You're able to return from backsliding. You're able to return from backsliding. You don't have to stay where you are. There comes a point when you finally come to your senses. You know, at the beginning of verse 29, it it, it says in the ESV, but from there. From there, from where? You get to this low point and you finally realize, you know what? What I'm doing ain't working it's not working it's not helping but you know maybe still in your fear or maybe in your pride you still don't turn back toward God you don't want to admit you're wrong you might fear that God doesn't want to have anything to do with you but that's just a false view of God God is looking for you to return to him he is the father In the parable, looking for the prodigal to return. And when the prodigal returned, the father did not turn him away. The father was waiting for the prodigal to return. He's waiting for you to return. Well, how do we make this return from backsliding? How do we do this? Well, one, you seek God. You seek God. You go looking for God. It says in verse 25, seek God. You know, now you you look for God. He's not hard to find because he's everywhere. You're the one that moved away. You're the one that decided, well, I'm just going to go do my own thing. You're the one that walked away. You're the one that comes back to him. And so you take the first step of seeking after God. Paul told the people of Athens this in Acts 17, verse 27. He he said that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. He's really not that far. He's there. He's right there waiting for you. But the seeking, it it can't be some sort of half-hearted seeking where, you know, you just look for a minute and then you just kind of give up. Okay, I'm going to look for God. Uh, Never mind. Didn't find Him. I I, I spent a whole two seconds looking for God and I couldn't find Him, so uh, forget it. So, how many parents have gone through this scenario? From the other end of the house, your kid yells, Mom, Dad, I can't find my fill in the blank. So then you yell back, Did you look in this place or that place? And you name a bunch of places. Did you look there? Did you look there? And they're like, Yeah. Mm hmm. So you walk into their room, you go to the place that you mentioned, the place that you named. Did you look in here? Yes. You dig in there for a minute and you find exactly what they were looking for. What did they do? All they did was they kind of opened the door maybe to their closet. They looked, oh, I can't find it. Mom, Dad, where is it? They didn't take the time to actually look. All they did was look at the surface. And if it wasn't immediately obvious, they just kind of gave up. You can't do that with God. It says to search for him with all your heart and soul. You actually got to put some effort into it you got to get below the surface a little bit. But where do you find him? You find him in Scripture. Scripture is going to point out the path of your return to God. You know, people look all over the place for God except the one obvious place. They're going to try mysticism. They're going to try spiritism. They're going to try all sorts of religious mumbo-jumbo. But God has revealed himself... In scripture it's kind of like that you know, sometimes to me it's kind of like that guy in them tiktok videos who he, he looks at these videos of people doing these things but they're doing it the hard way and the long way and so he does the same exact thing in the easy common sense way and then he just kind of points with his hands like that say you bunch of dummies this is the easiest way to do it right well guess what If you want to find God, if you want to seek after God with all your heart and soul, and you want to find him, there it is. There he is. He has revealed himself. And the wonderful thing is, God will not turn away the one who truly seeks after him. The psalmist said in Psalm 910, those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you god will not reject the one who seeks him and comes to him so this is where you start but not only do you seek god second part is you turn around you turn around verse 30 it talks about the hardship of backsliding and then it says return to him That that word means to shift direction. It means to go in the opposite way than where you were headed. If you were heading north, you turn around and you head south. But theologically, I mean, it is the classic definition of repentance. Turn around from where you're heading and head toward God. Don't, Don't go the opposite way, going away from God. Turn around and head toward God. I mean, you're not going to find God when your back is toward him. When you're heading in the other direction, you're not going to find God. If your life is pointed toward the things of the world, the things of the flesh, you're not going to find God that way. You have to turn toward him. I mean, this is the basic part of relationship with God because how do you accept the gospel? By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Well, guess what is also on the other side of the coin of faith? It is repentance. Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Returning from backsliding is you turn away from your idol and you turn toward God. You head toward God. Instead of that idol that you created for yourself, you turn toward God and you head toward God. Repent. That's such a dirty word in our day and age. People think that, you know what, the only people that use the word repent are them hellfire and brimstone preachers. No! The Bible uses it! If it's in the Bible, guess what? Everyone should be using it. So you repent. It's biblical. You seek God. You turn around. You repent. And then third, Moses says, be obedient. Be obedient. At the end of verse 30, it says, return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. Obey his voice. And that, that, that's the thing. People, they want to pay lip service to God. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church. But then, you know what? They decide, well, I'm going to do my own thing though. I'm going to live life according to my rules and what I think I should do. Well, I mean, if that's your attitude, you're still backslidden. The whole concept of of seeking God and turning and repenting is that, you know what, I'm going to point my life toward God and I'm going to place my entire life underneath his headship and his authority. And, And if God, through his word, says, you know what, you need to be doing this in your life, well, if the word says I need to be doing it because God revealed that, guess what, I'm going to do it. But if, if the word of God says, well, you know what, this ought not to be in your life, then, well, you know what, it's, I better get rid of it in my life if it's there. He's the authority, not me, not the idol that I created. Isn't that, isn't that the thing about the idols that we create? It, it's strange, the idols that you create, they tell you everything you want to hear. Hey, should I do this and live like this, your idol? You know, it's almost like a puppet. Really, I mean, honestly, that's what an idol is. It's like your puppet. Should I go and do this thing? Yes, you should. Yeah, well, you're telling yourself to do that. That's your idol. Ah, but if you want to return to God, you want to be under God's headship and authority, guess what? He's the one that tells you how to live, what to do, what attitudes to have. He's the final authority. So that this returning from our backsliding, that's kind of our part. But God has a part. I want you to learn about our great God so that you do return to him. So the fourth, and I mean, this is going to go very quickly, fourth major lesson is what I call the restoration from backsliding. The restoration from backsliding. When you return to God, he's going to restore you. God will not deny a repentant backslider but neither can you fool God right God is everywhere he knows everything he's all-powerful it's not like yeah God I will return as you're turning away from him you know you can you can say the words all you want but where is the heart attitude where is your heart pointed to, toward but you know what you really want to return to God learn about our God and listen to this first you will find that God shows mercy God shows mercy in verse 31 it describes all this and it begins with the truth that the Lord your God is a merciful God he's a merciful God he wants to show you mercy the Bible tells us that God is slow to anger and he is abundant in mercy when you return to him He's not going to berate you he's not going to criticize you he's not going to dress you down he's not going to cuss you out he is going to welcome you with open arms and show you mercy god shows mercy but not only does god show mercy secondly god stands close he stands close to you verse 31 says he will not leave you he will not leave you God will not reject someone who repents and comes to him by faith and turns back to him. And the neat thing is, he's not going to hold it over your head. He will forgive. You know, it's not like the, the person in your life who, who brings up, yeah, you remember back in 1963 when you did blah, blah, blah. God's not like that. Guess what? When he is forgiven, it is forgotten. He's not going to start treating you differently. Like, yeah, you, you may have come back to me, but, eh, you know, we still have this thing between us. No, there is no thing between us because God through Jesus Christ has forgiven it, whatever it might be. I mean, maybe you've ever, if you've ever had a falling out with someone, and even though you somewhat patched things up, they still treat you differently. I mean, you might be in the same room with that person and they just completely act like you're not there. (coughs) That's not God. God won't say, yeah, I forgive you, but you know what, go over to the corner. I really don't want anything to do with you. You return to him, he stands close to you. And he will not reject you. And he will not treat you differently. He is a great God, God of of mercy, a God of closeness. And then third, our God stays faithful. Our God stays faithful. At the end of verse 31, it says that God will not forget the covenant that he swore. God has made a promise through his covenants, and he keeps those promises. Here's the promise for us, and here's the covenant that we're under. God has said that any who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. And once he has you in his hands, he's not going to let go. I mean, one famous preacher has said, "You know what? If if you if you could lose your salvation, you would." I mean, that's the bottom line, but our God is faithful to his promises. If you have come to him by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will not let you go. He will not go back on his promises. He always remembers his covenant with those who have believed in Jesus Christ. And so God says he will save, and so he will save. So you are secure. Even if you go through a season of backsliding, Those who have truly believed will return to the Lord. Those who have not truly believed, they will keep going on their ways. But either way, God is ready for you to come back home. Let me close with this story. Robert Robinson, he was a wild young man. And he came to repentance and believed in Jesus Christ, listening to a sermon by George Whitfield. He later became a pastor and he wrote several hymns, and you probably be familiar with his most famous hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, which he wrote in 1757. Well, later in his life, Robinson wandered from the Lord. And for some reason, he just felt like he could not return. He backslid and he thought he couldn't return. Well, years later, he was riding in a stagecoach, and he shared this stagecoach with this young woman that he didn't know, but she just happened to be kind of singing to herself, come thou fount of every blessing. And he said to to this young lady, he said, Madame, I am that the poor, unhappy man who wrote that old hymn so many years ago, and I would give a thousand worlds if I had them to enjoy the feelings that I had when I wrote that hymn. And it is said that she responded to him, Sir, the streams of mercy are still flowing, even to you. And you know what? The streams of mercy are flowing to you. If you have backslidden a little, or if you have backslidden a lot, it's time to come back home. Come to the altar today, Seek God, turn around, obey, and come back home to God. Maybe you know someone who is backslidden. Maybe you have a friend, a family member who is backslidden. Come to the altar today and cry out to the Lord that he would touch their heart and bring them home. But maybe you have never had the foundation of faith to begin with. Maybe you've realized that, okay, so I walked an aisle and I got baptized, but I've never truly believed. And you want to get that right. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, who rose for you, and you become a child of God. So it's time for you to come home to the God who made you and to the God who sacrificed his son so that you would have a way to come home to Him. So during the invitation, come home. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Walter Anna Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening and God bless.